Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It is 7.07 in the Twin Cities. Esme Murphy along with producer Susan Blanche on a Saturday evening. Well, we are talking CBDs. Did you hear that Kim Kardashian wanted a CBD shower, baby shower, whatever that is? I don't know how that works. Uh, But CBD is a compound that can relieve many medical maladies. Uh, It's also something that is found in hemp. I hope I'm saying this correctly. My next guest will be able to correct me if I am wrong. But one thing you may notice, maybe even it's just at your salon, you can see CBD products are just about everywhere. Stephen Brown is the president of the Minnesota Hemp Association. Stephen, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, th- thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me. Well, let me ask you, what what is happening with CBDs? Why are, why are they suddenly everywhere from the grocery store to your, as I said, your salon? Yeah, so, I mean, people are really starting to see CBD working for them. I mean, it's, it's absolutely amazing. You know, for, for a good example, my fiance, uh, she's a school teacher and she was suffering from migraines and the doctors gave her every type of migraine medicine you can think of. Even one, um, uh, stated on the prescription bottle that one of the side effects is sudden death. And so, I mean, she, she took it. It didn't work very well. Uh, we were out in Vegas, and we went to a local dispensary while she was having a migraine, and she tried um, a certain CBD product. And This is a marijuana dispensary that you went to? It, it was a regular marijuana dispensary, but we got a hemp CBD product called Select. And she ended up taking this Select product, and she put it underneath her tongue, and she took it, and about 15 minutes later, her migraine was gone. Wow. And so... Um, I also own a a series of uh, retail stores called Nothing But Hemp, and we do have a lot of customers that come in and talk about how CBD has really made a big difference in their life from, you know, anxiety, depression, migraines, um, and and even seizures. All right. Let's talk about the difference between hemp and marijuana and where CBD fits in. Absolutely. So, so here's the interesting thing is that, you know, cannabis is cannabis, right? So cannabis, there's two sides to that plant. You have marijuana, which has high amounts of THC in it. And then you have CBD, which is um, uh, has very low amounts of, of, of THC in it um, and gives you different effects. CBD does not get you high. THC does, and that's from the marijuana plant. Okay. Now, marijuana, and, and, and hemp... Hemp is legal here in Minnesota. Correct. Yes. Hemp is legal now in all 50 states. It, was, it, it got federally legal um, as of December 20th by, and signed by President Trump. And, and, and so that's why you know, we see all these products. And, and hemp has a, a, a history going back many, many decades, even centuries in this country, doesn't it? 
It, it does, and, and especially here in, in the Midwest. We were actually some of the top hemp growers in the country, Minnesota and Wisconsin. And, and what was hemp used for in, in colonial days? You know, they used it for fiber, for rope, and even at, um, you know, one period of time, Henry Ford invented a vehicle that was ran off of hemp, and even the windows and the frame was made off of this uh, hemp material. And wow. It was a phenomenal vehicle. And um, the tire companies and the oil companies basically gave them a bunch of money not to put that in production. And uh, then, of course, they lobbied and hemp became illegal. Same thing with marijuana at the time. But but at one point, weren't farmers in some states required to, to produce a certain amount of hemp? Y- yes, yes. At, at, there was a, a point in time where when that when that. Uh, when, when that happened, and that was, you know, in, in probably the early 20s. Right. But, but, but hemp is now legal, um, and so you have all these CBD products. Um, I got a gift of, of a CBD uh, moisturizing lotion uh, for Christmas. Is it going to – is it the Fountain of Youth? You know, I wouldn't call it the Fountain of Youth. Uh, at all. You know, it, it's it's interesting. There's a lot of claims out there stating that it can do pretty much everything in the world. And, and I would be really cautious about that. Um, you know, there's been a lot of studies about the anxiety portion uh, for inflammation um, and, you know, epilepsy, uh, you know, seizures, those type of things. But when I start hearing about, you know, all these other remedies, I'd like to see the data on that first. Okay. So I would be very cautious on that. All right, but going back to your fiance that that tried the CBD tablet and, and got immediate relief. I mean, that's if anybody's ever had. I, I've only had one migraine, what I believe is a migraine in my life, and it, it was devastating. I mean, I couldn't move. I never got what people were talking about until this one time that I had it, and I'm not sure why. And I knock on everything that I've not gotten it again. But but to get that kind of relief for something that debilitating is is a big deal. Is she able to get that here in Minnesota? Oh, she is. Yep. So she, she, you know, takes. And, and where would she get it? Where, where would you go buy a hemp tablet? Well, um, well, in, in our case, I, I own um, uh, hemp stores throughout the uh, the Twin Cities. So I have about five stores here. So she gets it typically from me. Um, but there was a long period of time that she would just order it on on the web uh, from Selects directly. All right, and, and what kinds of things do you say? And what are the names of your hemp stores? Yep, it, um, the name of our hemp store is called Nothing But Hemp. So we have uh, a, a total of five stores: uh, one on Grand Avenue, another one in Uptown, uh, Forest Lake, uh, Maplewood, uh, Superior, Wisconsin, and we're opening up one in Tampa this week. In in where? Tampa, Florida. Okay, I was going to say Tampa. I was. <laughs> I was thinking Tampa, Minnesota. I'm not sure. I, 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 I'm familiar with that town because I've been to an awful lot of uh, the wonderful smaller <laughs> towns and uh, th- throughout our wonderful state. Uh, what are the kinds of things that you sell at your stores around the state? You know, everything from bath bombs to, you know, our most popular products are tinctures. Tinctures are uh, basically a dropper and you, you, you put the oil underneath your tongue for 60 to 90 seconds. Uh, there's another option. You can do it as a water soluble as well. Uh, then we sell capsules. Um, we sell a very limited amount of, of edibles. We do have some gummy bears um, a, a, as well. And, and you can't get high on, on this. 
you cannot get high on 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 CBD at least you know hemp CBD that we have in our stores. Um, you know, the, what the rule is that as long as you have it underneath 0.3%, we can legally carry it. Um, anything over that would then be considered marijuana by law. And so any of those products, I mean, it would be very difficult to, to get high off of it. I mean, I can't imagine how many bottles you'd have to take to, to, to feel something um, at, you know, 0.3%. All right. Listen, we have to take a quick break. Uh, We're going to have more with Stephen Brown, the president of the Minnesota Hemp Association. He owns a number of hemp stores uh, here in the Twin Cities, in the state of Minnesota. Uh, I have a lot more questions about exactly the kinds of products he has and and how they differ in terms of their uh, being able to help people with problems like migraines. How does that differ from something you might find if you were prescribed medical marijuana? So keep it here. The conversation continues on News Talk 830. It is 7.20 in the evening here. Uh, We are chatting with Stephen Brown, who is the president of the Minnesota Hemp Association. He owns a number of hemp stores in the Twin Cities and in Minnesota. Stephen, uh, our producer, Susan Blanche, and I were having a discussion in the break about CBDs and the the low percentage of CBD that's in hemp. I think you said 0.3% or is it 3%? Uh, 0.3%. 0.3%. All right. And, And... Marijuana has a higher percentage of CBDs. No, uh, marijuana has a higher percentage of THC. THC. Does marijuana have CBDs in it? Uh, yes, marijuana can have CBD in it. But typically, um, if there's high amounts of CBD inside a marijuana plant, the, the THC content will typically be really low. Um, so instead of getting the high yields of 20%, or 15%, you might be getting around 8%. What if you have a, a hemp plant that has a higher percentage than 0.3? Uh, then then what the DEA does, they actually burn down the entire field. So for the farmer, it's not the best thing in the world. So, um, you know, all the licensed farmers that, that are out here in Minnesota, there's testing that goes on to make sure uh, – you know, how much uh, THC is going to be in that plant. And if it's what, what, what we call in this industry hot, then they actually have to burn down those plants. And that's how it works in, 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 in most of the other states that grow um, hemp CBD. But isn't CBD the thing that helps people? It, it is. CBD is what, what helps people. And so for us to legally be able to, to sell CBD, um, uh, we, we need to make sure that it's from the hemp plant and not the marijuana plant. Okay, but but, but is there any effort to try and, and legalize the mar- the CBDs, that, the higher percentage of CBDs that, that could be in hemp plants? Oh, no, it is. That is legal on the hemp side, just not on the marijuana side. Okay, so, so you could have like 0.5% or... Yep, correct. So we won't be able to carry anything that's marijuana related, but we can we can carry anything that is uh, hemp related. So it's a completely it's a different plant. Um, it's a different plant, but obviously they're related. They are related. Yes. So okay. they they look they look the same. We even carry something called CBD flower. It looks like it looks like marijuana. It smells like marijuana. Tastes like marijuana, but it makes your body feel a little bit different. A lot of people use it for. For, for pain relief, um, it still has the skunky smell that marijuana would, but it, it's not going to get you head high. All right, so it, it's it's the THC there. It just it just it's a little confusing for people who are not up on this. 
to try and sort of figure out what the differences are and where the line is. Yep. No, I could, I, I could, I could see that. And that's a very popular, that's, that's probably the most common question that customers ask, you know, can I get high off this? And is this from marijuana? And how do we know that it's, that it's not from marijuana? So what we do is that every supplier that we work with, they're, they're one licensed. And, and number two, we also uh, make sure that they, they get third-party lab results. So the third-party lab results um, that we look at, um, we make sure that the labs are certified and that um, they're ISO certified, IEC certified, and also licensed by that given state. And uh, what they do is they produce something called a COA, and we're able to look at the lab results and, and see the amount of THC, where it was sourced from, um, if there was any pesticides used um, to determine um, if that's a product that we're going to carry. And so for consumers, when they're about to make a purchase of, of uh, a CBD product, it's important they look at those lab reports, look at the batch number, and make sure that um, it's truly hemp and not, you know, you're not buying something that's illegal. Right. Um, let me ask you this. When it comes to medical marijuana, is it the CBD in, in marijuana that is helping people or is it the THC? You know, or is it so both? There, there's, there's all sorts of different products that you can get from a dispensary. For example, if you're a cancer patient, it, one of the recommendations that, that, that I saw working actually in the cannabis industry was, you know, RSO oil, which is the Rick Simpson oil. And that is a high amount of THC, high amounts of CBD. And they have different formulas, like a one-in-one, so 50% CBD, 50% THC. And sometimes they have a uh, a four-in-one where, you know, there's more THC and less CBD in it. So depending on the issue that that client might have that will determine the type of uh, product that, 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 they'll, that they'll take. How mu- I mean, it sounds like your business is growing, and, and the name of your store again is? Nothing But Hemp. Nothing But Hemp. It sounds like your business is, is definitely growing. How much interest is there in hemp merchandise these days? Oh, I mean, it is. It's amazing uh, how many people are, are are coming in and they're willing to um, uh, try something that is is different that is not a pharmaceutical um, uh, drug. And, and what are you finding? I mean, what is the thing? Is there any one product you have that that you're getting the most positive feedback on? Yeah, so there's there's two brands that I would say that are our number one pro or you know the the top products and that would be Siskiyou Sungrown. They're out of Oregon. And, and say um, say and, that and, name again. Uh, Siskiyou. Siskiyou. Sungrown. Yep. It's a uh, it's over the Siskiyou Mountains out in Oregon, and so um, it's a it's a pretty small farm. Uh, they're completely organic. They use bees for the pollination of all of their their hemp plants. Um, they have scientists on board. It's it's just a phenomenal farm, and they're completely vertical. They do their own extraction, um, and their bottling. They do everything in house, and it's just a great operation. And when people take their products, they always come back uh, for for more. Um, it's amazing. And, and what are some of their products? What what do, what do the, their products help you with? Our number one product by them would be um, it's a tincture. It's a 500 milligrams. You put it underneath your tongue for 60 to 90 seconds. A lot of people use it for pain relief, anxiety. It's, it's kind of the top the top ones there. Um, then the other one is Charlotte's Web. The reason why CBD is where it is today is because of Charlotte's Web. 
Um, Charlotte was a girl who had about 300 seizures per day. Um, Mom and, and dad were looking on the internet of something to solve that problem, and they came across CBD. And so uh, 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 purchased big bags of actually marijuana that was high amounts of CBD from a, um, uh, a cultivator in Colorado, and then they did their own extraction, and they gave it to their, their, their daughter, and it worked. And she went from having 300 seizures per day to having one seizure per day to, to now I believe she's only having one a month. Wow! So it was a it was a big big story on CNN and 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 um, and and it's just amazing. And so that brand is probably the it was, they were first to market, and um, they specialize in um, having products uh, for people with anxiety issues uh, and um, uh, seizures. Um, and it's just you know a phenomenal top end product. Right. So do people walk in and say, hey, I'm suffering from anxiety. Can you recommend a tincture and you pop one out? So people come in and they'll say, hey, I have anxiety. And then I show them products that other people are taking for, for similar issues. You know, we're not doctors, so we can't prescribe or really recommend um, even when it comes down to dose, you know, the, the amount of, of dosage that, that they would take. Um, what we do recommend to them is to consult with their doctor on, on you know, the, the doses that they, uh, they, they might, might take for that particular issue that they're having or to, to look online at European studies because they've been studying this for a long period of time. So. Oh, I think, I think, I think we just, uh, we just uh, lost Stephen Brown. Uh, this is a fascinating conversation. I mean, it really is something that, that I think a lot of people are curious about. You see these products, and, and they, they appear to be working, and somebody like uh, Stephen Brown has a, a booming business uh, called Nothing But Hemp. Uh, it makes you kind of want to maybe try one of the products and see if it helps. I mean, who doesn't feel anxious or who doesn't sort of feel pain you know, for some sort of reason? And obviously, if it can help with a migraine or – anxiety, and it's legal, why not? All right. Well, listen, uh, I'm not sure what happened there, but uh, Stephen Brown, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. Sorry, we we, we lost you there for a bit, but really appreciate it. We're going to have to continue this conversation because it is fascinating, and uh, I'm definitely going to come and check out one of your stores, Nothing But Hemp. Looking forward to it. Have a great day. Thank you Okay, absolutely. Take care. It's really interesting. I mean, it's really, really interesting to hear about what this can do and makes you think, why not try it? If it's legal and it works for some people, maybe it'll work for you. I mean, who, who doesn't feel anxious? I'm, I'm in TV. I'm in radio. I'm anxious. <laughs> anyway, I'm alive. I'm anxious. Anyway, uh, interesting stuff. It really is. All right, folks, we do have to take a break. We want to give you some weather. I promise you that it was, it's better than last week's forecast. Not that that's a, a big threshold to have to get over, but it is better. So we'll, we'll give you the forecast. And then when we come back, uh, we're going to chat with Professor Stephen Shear, political science professor emeritus at Carleton College, about age and the presidency. How old is too old? Now, to be honest, you've got a number of people in their 70s, including the current president, uh, who, who he's obviously running again, but... Is there an age where you think, gosh, I just – I don't know. I, I I think it's too much, too hard. I saw one study that said you know, people who are in their 70s have trouble learning new tasks. 
I've had trouble learning new tasks for decades, so I, I don't know. But we're, we're going to talk about that. So keep it here, folks. News Talk 830. When we come back after this break, we're going to give you some weather. And then Professor Stephen Shear talking about how old is too old to be president. It is 736 in the Twin Cities. Well, we are gearing up. It may be just early on, relatively early on. I suppose we're halfway almost through 2019, but we are obviously heading into 2020 and a presidential election year. And the question is going to be asked, it's already being asked, how old is too old to be president? President Trump is 72 years old. Joe Biden is 76. Bernie Sanders, 77. Is it ever too old to be president? Joining us is political scientist Professor Stephen Shear, uh, Professor Emeritus at Carleton College. Uh, always a great p- person to visit with when it comes to talking about the history of the presidency. Professor Stephen Shear, how are you this evening? Esme, I'm fine, and I have uh, the results of a fascinating study on presidential health, which we can get to eventually. Oh, well, I let let's let's get right to it. Be- <laughs> I mean, let's get right to it because right. you do have – I mean, it used to be sort of Ronald Reagan and and people talked – and I remember – I'm old enough to remember the the Reagan presidency and yeah. a lot of people did talk about his age. He was 69, right. I believe. Right. He was the oldest elected in history in the second term. He was 73 when he was reelected in 84. But Donald Trump is the oldest president elected to a first term at age 70. Right. And I remember in the Reagan presidency, of course, there was the assassination attempt, but there were often remarks and questions that were sort of brewing about the president's cognitive abilities during the Reagan presidency. Yeah, into uh, his late second term, those questions came up. And of course, uh, about five years after he left office, uh, he was de- he was diagnosed with uh, Alzheimer's and then died shortly after. All right, tell us about the study that you have on on, on presidential health and what does it show? Well, anyone can look it up. It's at uh, MedicareSupplement.com, and it's a really pretty thorough study of all the presidents. And uh, I'll just give you a, a few bullet facts. They rank the health of all the presidents in American history by letter grade, A through F, and um, including Trump. And they also rate them, you know, from the most healthy to the least healthy. Uh, nearly half of all U.S. presidents have been either overweight or obese. <laughs> well, where, where does Mr. Trump rank? Uh, well, he's borderline obese, so you know he's he's sort of on the edge there. Only one was considered underweight. I think that's probably James Madison, who was five two and weighed a hundred pounds. Wow. <laughs> Uh, more than half. That is tiny. Yeah, that is. Can you imagine somebody that size running for president today? No, that uh, is. I mean, that's that's you know smaller than my petite teenage daughter. You know, I that's know. that's unbelievable. Yeah, uh, more than half of presidents have used some form of tobacco, and more than half of them died within ten years of leaving the White House. So that's. But you know who the healthiest is by this score? <laughs> You'll never guess. Rutherford B. Hayes. Oh, okay. I was, you know, I was going to say George H. W. No, he's a C. He's actually in the middle. He and his because uh, they use uh, a variety of things: exercise, diet, tobacco use, sleep, vision and hearing, and dental issues, and health histories. And 
and uh, actually both the Bushes had some health history problems that made them average okay. in the ranking of presidents. How, how did President Obama fare? I mean, I know he was a closet smoker. Yeah, but... but he is the second most healthiest in American history. He gets an A. Wow, uh, okay. Despite All his right. occasional uh, – well, you know, he, he uh, exercised regularly. He was uh, appropriate weight. Uh, his smoking was only occasional, and he didn't have any chronic health problems. Right. Some Pre- presidents. Yeah, President Obama actually if, – if, to see him in person, it, you know, the camera literally – you always hear the camera does add weight. It really does, and yeah. in person – He's actually very slender and, and, and almost – you're sort of – it's almost a surprise to see how thin he is. Right. Uh, I mean right. at least it struck me. I was like, wow, he's, he's really that much thinner uh, in, uh, And in then uh, there were two other presidents who got an A health grade, Harry Truman and Jimmy Carter. Of course, Jimmy Carter is now the longest-lived ex-president. Nobody's lived out beyond their presidency longer in American history than Jimmy Carter, and he has just overcome cancer. Right. And, and well, you just think Jimmy Carter, I mean, that's and, and the, I, you know, this whole issue is so interesting and so fascinating because I, and I think Jimmy Carter, who's now in his what, mid 90s, mm-hmm. you know, a number of years ago announced that he had terminal cancer and only had a few months to live. And, then and lo and it. behold, he beat it. Yeah. And, and, and so I think that that's why when, when people talk about people's health, I, I think that they're reluctant I think these days, perhaps perhaps they're looking at themselves to say, you know, 72 really is too old because we all know 72-year-olds right. who, who, you know, are doing great. And, and whatever you think, I mean, maybe um, – what grade do they give uh, President Trump? Uh, Trump gets a C. Gets a C, okay. And, and he is uh, – you know, heavier, and right. uh, he and does like the fast food. Yeah, and and, and, and we, you have to wonder about his doctor's reviews because yeah. his doctor came out. Did, didn't Donald Trump have a, a doctor who came out and said he was the healthiest or, or the, the, the president in the best health ever in the history of the United States? Yeah. And, yeah. and the doctor hadn't even evaluated him or something crazy like that? It was wild, but he does have elevated cholesterol and blood pressure. So that's one reason he's rated as a C. The two unhealthiest presidents were William Taft and Grover Cleveland, both of whom were obese, used tobacco, had cancer, never exercised, you know, all the bad things. They Drank did. a lot, probably. Yeah, they did, actually. Well, um, Cleveland did, yeah. But, but, but what, um, you know, in, in terms of um, when you look at, at the age of these presidents or the age of these candidates – you know, Joe Biden looks and sounds pretty much the way he has for years. Right. Right. Well, he is 76, and the average American male age 76 lives to be 86. So that would take him through a second term if a second term uh, is not, you know, extremely wearing for someone at that age. And I think, Esme, that's always the risk, isn't it? That uh, maybe when you're 47, like Obama was when you come into the White House, you have uh, more uh, gas in the tank, shall we say, than right. someone who enters at age 77. <laughs> well, I, and, and and I think that that's I think that that is something that that is definitely very valid. And, and you look at these images uh, of recent presidents, and there's no question the degree to which 
they age. They appear to age, you know, pretty dramatically in eight yeah. years, more so than an average person ages in eight years. Because you have to think about the stress that these people are under, regardless right. of party, regardless of you know w- where they are politically. I mean, that is really a, an incredibly stressful job. Yeah, and, but of course, people vary in their sensitivity to stress. You know, that uh, part of that's a function of how you respond to it and what your personality is. And of course, it's hard to know that at a distance. You know what it's really doing to people. Uh, Some can be old and and wear it well, you know, and some can be old and not wear it well, you know, and uh, it's an if and it's an uncertainty very much. But I also want to mention a couple other conspicuously unhealthy presidents that may surprise people. Woodrow Wilson, who had a terrible stroke and spent his last two years as an invalid in the White House. Andrew Jackson, who who entered the White House with a lot of bullets in his body. Right. (laughs) And, of course, John F. Kennedy rates a D because he had so many health problems that were really hidden. In fact, he rates lower than FDR, Franklin Roosevelt, who had polio. And and President (laughs) Trump. Yeah. And and he was in, you know, he was in his late 30s, early 40s when he was president, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, And and that that certainly raises, you know, another issue is – the, the disclosure. Yeah. Uh, because this is something, I mean, there were a lot of people apparently when President Franklin Roosevelt was president that didn't even know he was in a wheelchair. That's right. That's right. And uh, you you can look long and hard and it's very hard to find any press photographs of him in a wheelchair. One or two exist, but they were never widely distributed during his presidency. Right. I guess the question is, you know, with to what degree are we getting the full story about any president's health? I mean, certainly with President Trump, you, you question whether you're getting the full story because, as I said, there was this sort of infamous episode where he did release a letter from his doctor, and the doctor said he's the healthiest person that ever ran for president, right. period, ever, right. which obviously how could that doctor know? <laughs> they had evaluated it, but it was obviously well, that hyperbole. Well, read this study we're talking about. Right. <laughs> but, um, you know, you, you sort of wonder about what you know or what is being withheld yes. in terms of health. Well, and I think that's particularly a problem with older uh, candidates. You, be, you know, the, the questions arise because anybody in their 70s is more likely to have health problems or encounter them in the near term than someone in their 40s on average. And so uh, the need for disclosure, I think, is particularly pressing for candidates who are uh, of, a, of a greater age. Has there ever been sort of this many candidates who are older, who are major candidates running? Well, you know, it's rare. It's really rare, and it's really begun to happen in the, in recent decades. Now, the oldest president in uh, before Ronald Reagan, you know, when Ronald Reagan was elected in 1980, the oldest president to take office was William Henry Harrison in 1840. He was 68. He caught pneumonia uh, giving an, uh, his inaugural address and died 31 days into office. <laughs> right. And But that was the oldest president until Reagan came in at age 69. Now, obviously, health care and longevity have increased, and being 69 now uh, gives you a lot better chance than being 68 in 1840. But uh, generally, presidents, so the average age of a president uh, coming into office is 55 wow. in, in, in American history. Yeah. 
it's I mean, there's there are so many so many questions, you know, with this entire issue. One of the things, though, if if you look at the polling of the Democratic candidates, uh, Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders are at the top of the Democratic heap. You know, it looks like, you know, voters are not holding it against them at this point. Right. If they're thinking about their age, and I don't know if they are yet, a lot of that is name identification and familiarity with them. But when you ask a survey question, should somebody in their late 70s be elected to the White House, uh, most Americans say no. But that doesn't mean that they're thinking of that when they think of Biden and Sanders, you know. Right. And, and you know, I, I mean, I've covered President Trump, who's going to be here on, on Monday. Yeah. And I, I've got to say he has remarkable stamina. I mean, I've you know, he gives speeches <laughs> talking for over an hour. I know. Most of it with not. I mean, he's got a teleprompter in front of him. But the speeches I've seen, I, I would say that he's probably using the teleprompter maybe – Maybe 10 percent of the time, 15 percent of the time, maybe at the beginning where he's thanking the various people that are there. But then he goes off and and it's it's uh, this driving intense speech for over an hour. Yeah, it's Uh, quite remarkable. And you think how many people at age 72 can do that or want to do that, you know? It's really an unusual situation. Right. I mean, he he does seem to have that energy and, and that passion. And, you know, you sort of get that same thing from, from Bernie Sanders, although I yes. think I think personally, I think Bernie Sanders, in, in my opinion, looks older. Yeah, well, um, he is older. He is older. There you go. <laughs> He's 77. And, you know, when you're 77, it's pretty hard not to show it. <laughs> right. I mean, was it really an issue when, when you know— Ronald Reagan ran again. Of course, he ran against, you know, Minnesota's own Walter Mondale. Right. Um, well, you know, that that issue was diffused in the last debate between Reagan and Mondale when Reagan said he would not hold his opponent's youth and inexperience against him. Right, which, which, which was a great line. Right. And, of course, you know, Vice President Mondale was certainly not – inexperience in any way i mean it was it, but no, it was he young he was well into his 50s yeah. right um but but is there any indication that you see that this is going to be an issue or, or that somebody's going to make it an issue and is it if somebody does make it an issue is there a potential for it to backfire yeah well yes uh first of all it would become an issue i think if the candidate's behavior raises the issue if you start to see um, verbal fumbling or uh, examples of uh, lack of mental quickness, uh, anything like that that any of these candidates in their 70s demonstrates in the next election year, I think will become immediate news and produce a lot of speculation and would probably be a significant negative to their candidacy. So a lot of it will depend upon the actual behavior of the candidate. Right. And, and of course, you know, something can happen so quickly. I mean, I think we all remember uh, Senator John McCain, who at, at one hearing appeared to simply not be making a lot of sense. And a lot of people thought, oh, my gosh, maybe he's getting old. And then it came out just a few days later, a few couple weeks later, uh, that he had been diagnosed with a very deadly form of brain cancer. Absolutely. So it's, you know, I, I, again, there are so many questions. And, and, you know, those of us, we've all had relatives and, and loved ones that have gone downhill very, very quickly. Sometimes they're, they're not in their 70s or 80s. They, right. they might be in their 60s or even 50s. So 
Well, I also have a lot of interesting facts about presidential diets, sleep patterns, and exercise patterns, if you want any of that. <laughs> All right. Well, and I think President Trump infamously is sort of almost proud that, that he flouts all the rules, yeah. that he enjoys yeah. fast food, he doesn't sleep a lot, um, yeah. exactly. doesn't really exercise that much. And he shares those traits with Grover Cleveland, which is not a good thing for All right. There you go. Well, it's a fascinating discussion and obviously one that we are going to hear a lot more about. Uh, Professor Stephen Shear, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, sure. All right. Interesting stuff. I mean, it just – and who'd want to be president when you're 77? You're supposed to be retired. You're supposed to be enjoying life. That's what I'm going to be doing when I'm 77, God willing. Uh, all right, folks, we have to take a quick break. I'm a little overdue. Uh, we have got a lot more going on, of course, in our 8 o'clock hour. We'll be chatting with Professor David Schultz. But keep it here, folks. You're listening to News Talk 830. It's Esme Murphy with you until 9 o'clock. Excuse me. Had a little sneeze there. <laughs> My apologies. Um, uh want to let you know there's kind of an unusual situation going on on the TV side tomorrow. Uh, the Masters has been moved <laughs> to 8 a.m. Or actually, I think I believe it's going to start at 7.30 Central Time. They're going to broadcast a little bit uh, online. And then at 8 o'clock, CBS is going to broadcast the Masters. And they're having sort of a dual start. They're starting half of the players off, I believe, on the first tee and the other half on the 10th tee. They're trying to get it all played before in in like four or five hours because they're supposed to be devastating storms in Augusta, Georgia, and they want everybody to be safe, and they want to get the the tournament finished. So uh, anyway, the 10.30 a.m. show where I normally have some live guests, it won't be on. (laughs) So I was scrambling today because I canceled some guests and uh, that I had books. I want to thank those guests and everything like that. So Tune in to WCCO-TV tomorrow. You'll see the Masters. If you want to tune in real early at 6 a.m., uh, I'll be on with Mike Augustinak, and we'll have your full forecast. We'll also have all the latest news, but sort of an unusual situation. And then I also want to give a plug uh, to tomorrow night on WCCO-TV. Uh, Liz Callen is the anchor for the Sunday nights, and she is going to have as her guest Roshini Rajkumar, who's going to talk to Liz about her podcast, which you can Find on WCCO Radio Leaders with Roshini. And if you want to kind of get an idea about it, uh, you can tune in and watch tomorrow night, and Liz Collin will interview Roshini about it. If you want to also just kind of hear the podcast, and why not, uh, just check it out at WCCORadio.com and look for Real Leaders with Roshini and Susan's uh, is doing a whole bunch of other podcasts. So it's, it's cool stuff. All right, folks, up ahead, Professor Dave Schultz. That's coming up next on News Talk 830. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.